Take your business further with the smart and flexible American Express Business Gold Card. It offers flexible spending capacity that adapts to your business. You can also earn up to $395 in annual statement credits on eligible purchases at select business merchants. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash businessgoldcard. With Fidelity Wealth Management, a dedicated advisor can work with you on a comprehensive plan to help you reach your wealth's full potential. Plus, you'll have access to specialists in estate planning strategies. So you're not just growing and protecting your wealth, you're sharing it. More at fidelity.com slash wealth. Investment minimums apply. Fidelity Brokerage Services, LLC. Member NYSE SIPC. Welcome to the Jill on Money podcast. It is Saturday, January 23rd. And, you know, usually around the end of January, we're rolling up our sleeves and getting ready for the tax season. And this year, slightly different. The IRS announced that, in fact, it would not start to accept 2020 individual income tax returns until February 12th. Now, that's a few weeks later than usual. It has to do with some late tax legislation enacted last year. But most importantly, it doesn't really matter for you because you still have to get your taxes ready. And I've got great news for you because this episode is sponsored by H&R Block. And H&R Block has all of your tax needs covered. Their experts have an average of 10 years experience. And you know, it's great when you have an expert and all that experience, they've seen it all. They can help get you the credits and the deductions that you deserve. It's kind of cool. Also, you know, in a world where some people are not so comfortable in person, others are, some people aren't so adept at the computer, H&R Block makes tax preparation easy for you, either in person or virtually. They can answer quick questions. They can check your work. They can do the work for you. I don't know. There's something just amazing to me. They've got this guarantee. They say your maximum refund, it's guaranteed, or H&R Block will give your money back. So, You can visit an office, you can walk in or make an appointment, they can help via screen share, on-demand chat, hrblock.com, and remember, Block has your back if you need any help, and we're going to start the process of your tax planning with our guest, Ed Slot. Yes, he's back again. Ed Slot is a tax and IRA expert. He is amazing. He can help you with the beginning educational aspect of what you need to know to get your taxes in order. We're going to have two episodes with Ed. In this first episode, we're going to be talking about taxes and COVID-19 specifically. Then we're going to drop another episode about more general tax preparation. It's just, it's always an honor to have him. And we're so glad to have him on the program with us. If you have any tax questions or anything else remotely financial, just send us an email. Ask Jill at jillonmoney.com. Ask Jill at jillonmoney.com. Okay, now here is our interview with Ed Slot. 
Ed Slot, IRA expert, friend of the pod. Welcome back. We are so delighted that you're joining us. This is a new year and we are starting the new year off on the right foot. You know why? We're talking taxes right out of the gate. So let's start with this tax season. The year 2020 was such a crazy year. What are the significant things that people need to pay attention to that are directly related to this COVID horrible crisis in 2020? What do they need to know about their taxes, Ed? Well, everybody has different transitions they've gone through. There's been massive layoffs of people lost their job. Lots of people got unemployment during the year. You know, that's one we can stop on because I don't know if it's well known, and I have a feeling it isn't, but many people who got the $600 a week or whatever they were getting at the end of the year, uh, that's taxable. That money may have already been spent. And now they probably have already received a 1099 and say, what's this? Who has the money for that? I've already spent that money. So just so you know, that's taxable. Not much you can do about it now, but I don't think many people realize that. Is there a way that if you know there are people who are going to continue to receive unemployment benefits either through their state or through the federal program, um, can you have withholding done on your behalf? Through oh, yeah. Yeah. You can, but it doesn't make it easy. Like It seems to me that as, maybe it got lost in the shuffle that a lot of people, you're right, did not know about that. Right. And they may get a surprise. Uh, Maybe they were smart enough to have withholding, but you know, a lot of people that were desperate didn't take withholding because they needed every cent. But if there's a silver lining, if they had low income, their tax rates may be very low or nothing at all, depending on uh, how low the income is. So besides the unemployment, I'm sure that you get this question about a million times, any stimulus check that is not taxable income. Is that correct? Right, right. And you can take it as a credit. It's like a credit. If you didn't get it, you get the credit. It's like you paid tax in, like a tax payment. Wait, explain how that works. I, I, I need to understand that better. Well, let's say you didn't get your payment, so you can take a credit. Some people, there was, you know, not everybody got all the checks they were supposed to get, so some people didn't get them. So you get them in the form of a credit if you didn't get an actual check. Interesting. Okay. So other things that happened last year in 2020 included that through the CARES Act, that first one, right. from the springtime, people didn't have to take their required minimum distributions. Do you think that that's going to get waived again in 2021? I don't think so. Uh, first of all, I didn't think that was of much help anyway, personally. If you think about it, let's just go back to the law. The, you know, Congress tends to overreact and they go, RMDs, people are screaming, oh, you know, things are bad. All right, stop all the RMDs. Now, by the IRS's estimates alone, 80% of the people who take RMDs take more than they have to because they need the money. So how does not having to take an RMD that you need anyway help you if you're going to need it anyway? So it only really helps the people who didn't need the money. So, of course, they don't have to take it. So the difference now is what changes in 21, they resume. 2021 RMDs, required minimum distributions, resume based on the regular calculation that it would have been anyway. Uh, some people have asked, do you have to double up because you didn't take it in 2020? No such thing. You take your regular RMD, but they're back. 
Okay. So we've talked about a couple of, of the aspects of the CARES Act. One thing was this relief for retirement accounts. And I remember when I spoke to you way back when, you weren't psyched about this, that there was a, a rule in the CARES Act that said no 10% early distribution penalty uh, for folks who were taking money from their retirement accounts and the tax would be due and could be spread evenly over three years. Now, you didn't like this, right? Well, in general, taking money early from a retirement account is one of the worst financial moves you can make because what's going to be left for retirement? So Congress always does this. You know, on one hand, they tell people, save for retirement, put away. We're going to give you all these incentives. As soon as something happens, they say, we'll give you a way to get that money out early and then you have nothing for later. So they did it with the SECURE Act. They put in an exemption from the 10% early distribution penalty, people under 50 nine and a half for birth and adoption. Well, if you're just starting a family, is really, is that what you want to do? Start hitting your retirement account when you have your first child or any child? So the whole idea of dipping into or rating your retirement savings early is not a good long-term plan. But I also get that if all other avenues are dead ends, if you're in dire financial straits, this should be really a last resort. If you can't pay rent, you can't I mean, there are emergencies, and if there's no other money, then this is a good provision. And when you actually report this, where does this go on your tax return? You've you've essentially made a, a coronavirus retirement distribution. Where do you show this on your tax returns? Well, it's going to show up as income, but they gave people a good deal. First part of the good deal is, as we just said, if you're under 59 and a half, there's no 10% penalty. You could spread the tax over the income over three years. So let's say you took 60,000. You were allowed to take up to 100,000 from your whole collection of retirement accounts together, your aggregate. So let's say you took 60,000. You had the ability to spread the income over three years, 20, 21, and 22, 20,000 a year. Or if you want, you could report all of it in one year. Now, you might say, why would anybody do that? Well, maybe 20 was a lousy year, which it was for lots of people. Maybe you were in the lowest bracket you ever were because of reduced income, and you just want to put the income in this year while you're in a very low tax bracket, especially if you expect your income to hopefully spring back in 21 and 22. So you, you could report it all in one year or over three years. If things turn around for you, and this is a great provision, you can repay it. You have up to three years to repay it. So that's where this new form comes out, Form 8915-E, as an Ed slot. Uh, I know they knew they named it after you. That's so awesome. You finally got your due from the IRS. Yeah, yeah, right. So unemployment, stimulus checks, early withdrawals. Are there any other provisions that you, from the CARES Act or from last year, that you think are going to be important highlights for the coming tax season? Yes. The 1099s you're already receiving may not have these distributions. Let me give you an example. Some people took RMDs, required minimum distributions, early in 2020. They didn't realize the CARES Act would come around and we've gone through all of this and then they started screaming, I didn't know we didn't have to take them. Now I want to put the money back, which lots of people did. IRS provided all kinds of relief if uh, you had certain extended dates 
which they don't matter anymore because we're past that. That train has left the station. But people were able to put it back and eliminate the income from that RMD. But here's the problem. These won't show up on the 1099R. Let's say your RMD was $10,000 and you took it, but then you returned it. So in your mind, it's a wash, but not on the 1099. The 1099R you're going to receive is going to show a taxable distribution of 10,000. It's up to you on your return to show that it was rolled over and zero amount should be included in income. Uh, you're going to have to know that. So if you typically just hand over your papers to a tax preparer and don't tell the tax preparer, you're going to see that return come back with that RMD income. And then you're going to scream, oh, no, I returned that. Well, then you have to show it as a rollover or worst case scenario, you do nothing. And that I can see happening because in your mind, you're saying, well, I took it and I put it back, nothing to do on my return. Then in about a year or so, you'll get one of those love letters from IRS saying, you owe tax on $10,000. The 1099R shows you took $10,000. And then you're in a letter writing campaign that may uh, exceed your life expectancy. Um, I mean, that is really interesting because uh, what people don't uh, maybe understand is that, you know, you receive a document, but also the institution is sent the document and that institution is reporting it and that's why the IRS has the information right and they they're not it's not their job to sort of say to the IRS hey Ed didn't actually need this he put the money back in right that's your responsibility. Yeah, you're going to have to know that if you're doing your returns yourself or alert your tax preparers to let them know that you put it back or you may have put some of it back and not all of it. So you're going to have to go to your records. Now, you will get a tax form usually after tax time, form 5498, to show that you did a rollover. But that's not what IRS uses to see how much you took and how much should be included in income. You know, it's funny um, because as you say that, I'm wondering if you think that I know there's a lot of people who do their own stuff. Do you think that because this year was so strange for many people, it's, it behooves them to maybe seek the assistance of tax professionals or a tax service? Well, if they're not sure, a lot of people may be confused about this back and forth with the required minimum distributions. You took them and you put them back. So uh, if you're not sure, I would get help because all of this is matched to the 1099 That's the Bible. If it's wrong, it's still the Bible. Then you have to prove why it's wrong. Another area where we see uh, issues, which you're going to have again, is anybody that took advantage of what I consider one of the best provisions in the tax code, qualified charitable distributions, QCDs, the ability to give right from your IRA to a charity. If you're giving anyway, that's the way to give. The only negative about it is that it's doesn't apply to enough people. It only applies to IRA owners or IRA beneficiaries who are 70 and a half years old or older. 
if you do qualify for that, this is the way to give. Most people, as you know, over the last couple of years since the tax change, do not get any tax benefit out of the money they give to charity because most people take the standard deduction. 90% of the people take the standard deduction. Most people don't itemize because of the large standard deduction. If you're going to be giving anyway and you qualify as an IRA owner and you're 70 and a half years old or older, then this is the way to give. IRA money is the best money to give because it's loaded with taxes. Why not give that pre-tax money as a direct transfer from your IRA to charity? So that some people may have done that. Now, it was a little quirky last year because we had the SECURE Act. You know, we had these overlapping tax acts, uh, the Relief Act, the CARES Act, the SECURE Act. In the SECURE Act, the Congress raised the age for taking RMDs, required minimum distributions, from 70 and a half to 72. But they left the QCD age, the Qualified Charitable Distribution Age, at 70 and a half. So you have a gap. So some people, this is another area, Joe, where people might get mixed up and say, oh, maybe I don't qualify for QCDs that I took because I didn't start RMDs. No, there is that gap. You can take QCDs even before you start RMDs. I feel like I'm talking an acronym language. If you did a QCD, that's not going to show up on the 1099R. And let's say you take a $10,000 out of your IRA. Now, you notice I didn't say, because this is 2020 we're talking about, I didn't say it was an RMD because there weren't RMDs. That was my point. You could have done the QCD anyway, even though there were no RMDs. So let's say you took $10,000 out of your IRA to give to charity last year in 2020. Your 1099R, just like with that RMD issue we talked about, is just going to show that 10000 came out of your IRA taxable. Again, you have to put that on the return that that went directly to charity to offset that income. Mm. So do you think that the, the tax code change, which occurred, I guess, in December 2017, that was supposed to make things easier? Did it? I think in some respects it is. You know, if you take away people's deductions, it's less work and record keeping they have with everybody taking the standard deduction. But lots of people were out that weren't ta- were not getting the big deductions that they thought they would get, specifically state income taxes. That was the big hit for the high tax states like New York, California, other states that were limited to 10,000. Most of those people ended up taking the standard deduction. So from a preparation standpoint, it was was a lot easier. People that had work-related expenses, that whole section of the tax return, we used to add up your car expenses and your meals and entertainment and travel between jobs and all this work-related, that's all out. So uh, you don't have to do as much work. It's simpler, but it may not be less expensive. (laughs) Well, that's it. That's the program today. I know tax season can seem very overwhelming. Don't forget to check out hrblock.com and remember block has your back if you need any help if you need help from us just send us an email ask jill at jillonmoney.com ask jill at jillonmoney.com as always please wash your hands wear your masks maintain your physical distancing and please try to do something nice for someone else today it will make them feel better it will make you feel better we'll talk to you tomorrow thanks for listening (laughs) 